Hey, welcome back to another episode of Drunken Culture. We have a full house for our episode today. Russ and I are joined by our best friends, Jackie and Clark. Buonasera. Buonasera. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I wanted to pick a topic today where we could talk about some place that we all know of, somewhere that we've been, and uh, we're going to be taking a little trip to my favorite place in the world, Florence, Italy. Yeah. And we're going to be bringing together a lot of things that I love today. So, of course, Florence, we're going to touch a little bit into New York, fashion, wine, murder. It's all here. It's all here. All all your favorite topics. Spicy. (laughs) Exactly. The topic of the day today is Gucci. But as always, we're going to start this off with a drink. So tonight we are drinking a Toscana from Villa Antonori. So why don't we all take a sip? So... What do you guys think? Like, just first sip. First sip, that's really nice wine. That's good. It reminds me of us uh, drinking uh, way too much of it in Little Italy, is yeah. what that is. But <laughs> uh, It goes down a little too smooth, maybe. A little yeah. too smooth, a little does, too fast. It does go down easy. It could yeah. just be me. I didn't check, like, the percentage on the bottle but it, like it tastes like high it does taste alcohol to, to does me. taste a little bit higher alcohol is it i believe so so james suckling who's a wine critic he's i don't know if you guys have seen him on tv yeah, yeah. he gave this wine a 91 points in april 2021 so recent this bottle's a 2018 and describes it as a bright vivid red with blackberries blueberries some violets and spices That's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> just very violety it's a blend of Sangiovese, Syrah, Merlot, and Cab Franc. And I chose this because I know that Jackie likes Sangiovese. That was how I kind of like started to dip your toe into the red wine Into pool. the reds, that's my, yeah, for sure. And Get the pinky I, toe in the... I don't know if it's just me, but for the price point of this wine, it was under $30. Yeah. And so I wasn't quite expecting it to be that well. Like, kept a good of a wine. Oh, yeah. Pleasantly surprised nice middle market kind of bottle there yeah it's around like twenty dollars us twenty five dollars canadian like it was i think twenty seven dollars canadian so yeah tw- yeah 28 and then plus tax so yeah, i'd take that, that on a date i don't think i've had a wine actually from the villa antinori that i don't like like much like massey vineyards it's kind of like a really safe bet when it, like they kind of consistently put out really palatable yeah wines it's not like really easy you know, drinking like a vintage where you're like oh that was a bad year i mean there might be i'm not an expert but and this was a 2018 yeah right okay. yeah. yeah definitely a, an easy drinking type of wine and because it's like so balanced it's a great opener it can be served with sharp cheeses pizza pasta i mean we're having it after dinner with dessert and it's nice and light <clears throat> And I, this is, might be a little bit of a tangent, but we only got a couple episodes into that James Suckling masterclass, and he says that he describes these w- wines as there are some that you just want, they're so good that you just want to keep the whole bottle to yourself. But I feel like this bottle is like really good. Like this is a good bottle to share. Yeah. Like I feel like everyone's going to like this wine. It's not going to break the bank. And... Yeah, it's definitely, a, yeah. it's a good one to, to bring to someone's house for sure. Yeah, at this price totally. point too, it's like a good kind of house wine. Yeah. And Florence was where you had your favorite pizza, right? I think Ooh. at that Vesuvio pizza place. I, yeah, I think I'd have to give it, yeah. Yeah, on our trip, that was probably my favorite one. 
And that was where the Jersey Shore people worked, by the way. Uh, <laughs> they worked at Vesuvio. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. That's why it was my favorite. Yeah. Sookie we, to make oh, your pizza. We only went for the Jersey Shore cast. <laughs> but no, and then we had the house wine there too, which was good. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I whatever I got had way too much cheese, but the, I mean it was a bad order. It was a bad choice on my part, more so than the actual quality of the pizza. It's the over, overloaded cheese but, in the middle but of the day. Still, like I would take a slice of pizza from New York. Any over day that. over like any of the pizzas I had on her. How about you, Clark? You're the other pizza. I don't know. Incoming uh, triggered Italians with that comment, but <laughs> I, possibly. Yeah. Well, yeah. we haven't been to Naples. You only had Roman pizza, and that's true. But I just think, like being from New York, like you just that's can't replicate like. that. Yeah, it's just like what I'm used to. It's what so you I know think and I'll love. always just be biased. But do you prefer? Neapolitan I do appreciate the, you know, North American being able to just eat a slice of pizza on the street, not having to... Like a jumbo slice. Don't give me a personal pizza that I have to cut myself. Just big one, fold it in half. Lazy American. Get the grease running down my forearm. Yeah, exactly. I need two paper plates. Just to support the grease, yeah. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's okay. the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I I think I would definitely get this again for sure. So today we are going to be talking about Gucci, and Gucci, as most of us know, is a world famous fashion house. I feel like it's so recognizable these days that everyone knows that double G logo, even if you've got zero interest in fashion. I mean, especially if you've got interest in like music, they all yeah. love it. Yeah. And that double G logo actually made its inaugural debut in the late '60s. So it's, oh wow, it's, yeah, it's, it's really stood the test of time. But what most of us might not know is the Gucci family is kind of a cautionary tale of why some families should absolutely not work together. So Gucci was founded in Florence in 1921 by Guccio Giambattista Giacinto Dario Maria Gucci. Nailed it. This man right there. Fantastic, fantastic name right there. Yeah. (laughs) Or just better known as Guccio Gucci. And just the fact that his first name and his last name are so similar for some reason, it just makes me really happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. The original Gucci mane. For real. Like, with a guy with a name like that, like, how could you not like him? Yeah. And he just looks like... He just looks like he's living his best life. Like, that suit barely buttons up. It's custom made to... Cover that belly of indulgence. (laughs) Very much Sopranos. I wouldn't be surprised if he had gout. Definitely, that that is a face of gout right there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he was born like in starving. Florence. I think that's a, a sausage and not a cigar. Not a cigar. And in between his fingers. Sausage. So he was born in Florence, and his father was a leather craftsman. So he kind of carried on that tradition. He actually moved to London as a young adult and worked at the Savoy Hotel, which is like a famous, like very wealthy people hotel. And that was where he was inspired to initially start making travel bags and accessories because he would see all the rich people come in with like their fancy luggage and stuff. And he was like, hey, I think I can do that. My dad is a leatherman. I don't know. It's Clark's favorite uh, saying to (laughs) do in any environment that art, fashion, anything. I could do that. It's Clark's favorite (laughs) saying. It's a big deal. I could do that. I could do that. I'm not paying to see these paintings when I could paint them myself. (laughs) With a turkey baster. That's what my dad says about Jackson Pollock. It looks like he just used a turkey baster. 
<laughs> World famous art critic. Yeah. <laughs> Hates being in a museum, but... But could, I could do it better. Yeah. He eventually made his way back to Florence and in 1921 founded the small family-owned leather shop, the House of Gucci. So this was actually close to, I believe, where you guys stayed. So when you guys were in Florence, what area did you guys stay in? Uh, we were, like, right near the train station, Very to be quite honest. Classy neighborhood, like, uh, looking over the train station. And that's the, is the church, um, was it Santa Croce? Yes, that yeah, church yeah, we were there? a couple blocks from that. Okay. Yeah, so. So, so you didn't have to huff your luggage across the no. We didn't, we literally went down, like, a side street, and we were at our hotel from the train station, so. Smart move. Pretty ideal. Smart move. <laughs> Location-wise, if you like being over there? Yeah, it was good, because you're, well, you're near the church that you just said and then it was maybe only a 15 minute walk and you could cross the bridge that now i forgot the Ponte name Vecchio. of the Ponte Vecchio yeah um so we were pretty central actually and we you know everywhere we went we could walk easily we would walk easily up to the Duomo and we could get to everything so. yeah Florence is really like it's pretty easy small that like way. yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. everything you like going to see is pretty close together so mm-hmm. yeah. so this is kind of like that far down the river, but it's a little closer to the river, like okay. where the original Gucci store was. Did you guys hear the bells of the church a lot, or did they not go off at night? Uh, I remember hearing them during the day, but I don't really remember it in the middle of night or anything like that. I so, had yeah. initially booked a hotel for us in that, I remember saying to you, we were so close, I could spit on the church. You could spit on the church. Not that I would spit on the church, but I could. Blasphemy. Totally Blasphemy. <laughs> Strictly for distance measuring only. <laughs> but then I was so nervous, and actually we got... A good deal at basically my if I had dream hotels to stay at in Florence we got such a good deal at the second number two my number Your two number dream two. hotel so <laughs> we ended up switching at last minute but yeah he started this cute little store in 1921 and if you're familiar with Gucci accessories you might recognize the horse bit on some of their accessories so like their mm-hmm. loafers have that yeah, on them yeah. some of their belts do and it's kind of a nod to the most traditional Gucci because they began selling leather bags to horsemen. So little oh. like saddlebags oh. and stuff. I, I never even I knew just... that was a horse bit. It was just... The thing. It was like a loafer buckle to me, even though obviously yeah, it isn't a buckle. Right? I never even thought about what actually just shape it was. flashy gold. In yeah. There and... I'm learning stuff already. All right. So yeah, that is like still, I think, probably their most pop, other than the WG the G- logo. Mm-hmm. That's their signature thing. I, I wonder Definitely. what the original price tag on something like that would have been. The saddlebags? Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe. This is a, a current wallet, but. Maybe like one of the first travel bags he mm-hmm. designed, like what? Because if he knew that he, he was selling to, you know, people that had money, I'm sure he still yeah, made out pretty good. Yeah, charged a premium at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then the House of Gucci expanded to Rome in 1938 at the insistence of his son, Aldo. So 1938 is when his five sons officially joined the family business. He had a big family. Oh, that's quite the elaborate, yeah. Got mapped out. Yeah, they made a lot of babies. It's not very Italian. (laughs) They later opened their store in Milan in 1951, which is two years before he died. But it was Guccio's original vision to keep the business small and only in Italy, but his sons had other plans. They were like, nah, dad, we are... What ambitions to take this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. 
So two weeks before he died, his sons Aldo, Rodolfo, and Vasco opened a boutique in New York. And Aldo and Rodolfo kind of were the two that really spearheaded doing it. And I guess that's why like they're the only ones who have pictures on the things. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm not sure exactly how he died, but he was 71 in the 50s, so I feel like it was just old age. But every time I try and look up how he died, it's not on his wikipedia biography or anything and it just goes straight to the murder which maybe I'm it's like it's a just shameful that. secret so that good like, <laughs> good hard living life his own trunk so <laughs> no, <laughs> wow that's morbid maybe he was doing some sex things with his belts <laughs> no taking a really he, weird you know, turn you, on this you can't rule anything out uh, after he died his business was left to his sons and his daughter was given none so Grimalda, she got nothing. Oh, I wonder what she did. Uh, she must did. have been pretty choked. But also, why would you name your daughter Grimalda? It might be a traditional Italian name. Yeah, how it dare just... you say that that's her grandmother's name and you're just insulting Grimalda over here. But... Well, it, she sounds like a witch. It sounds like a witch name. I was saying it sounds like a fairy tale like name. a little Grimwald sounding name. <laughs> like, not necessarily a villain in the fairy tale, but just like it. Oh, I'm going to go definitely like villain, like Harry Potter villain right there. And I mean, she might not have been interested because at the time it wasn't as traditional for women to hold jobs. So she could have just been an heir. They didn't really go into detail as to why she got none, but it seems kind of rude. So his sons Vasco, Aldo, Hugo, and Rodolfo took over. And there were major sibling rivalry issues. So that's kind of what sparked this the rest of the turmoil that continues until 1995 really and i actually didn't know this until i started kind of diving into my research but there's a house of gucci movie that's coming out in november they just released a trailer for it this week and i hadn't heard of it before that but there's some like really big names in it i sent it to you yesterday al pacino plays gucci o gucci's son aldo lady gaga plays patricia Patrizia Reggiani, that's a mouthful, who we haven't met yet in this story. Adam Driver is Maurizio Gucci, and Jared Leto is Paolo Gucci. Salma Hayek's in it too, and I even think Robert De Niro might be in it. Oh yeah, there's some like huge names. And like, Jared Leto threw me off when it showed the list of the cast at the end. I was like, how is that Jared Leto? Like, God, he did like a really, the makeup people are going to get a good... Yeah. like award for and transforming like he him have, like, like a, gained a lot of he had like, to have gained a ton of weight that can't be prosthetic weight yeah like, when you think about like how skinny he was in like the, playing the joker and stuff and like, like that like right like Dallas so Fires yeah so as we get into this you'll kind of see where their story was so movie worthy but the two sons that seemed like they really took the helm were Aldo and Rodolfo and Rodolfo was the middle child he changed his name to Maurizio Diancora and worked as an actor he was in 40 films between 1929 and 1936 Wow. Nothing we would have seen. The Italian job? <laughs> no. <This laughs> Probably one, not. Probably not. This happy guy is Aldo. And then this is Rodolfo. And to me, he kind of looks like Martin Short with a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> Old-timey Martin Short with a mustache, but... He seems like he sells used Ferraris or something. <laughs> <laughs> definitely doesn't look like the head of a massive fashion corporation. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was spotted by a director who just gave him a job. Which, I mean, he wasn't bad looking, but yeah. I don't think he's, like, strikingly handsome. Got a good, somebody would be he's like, got a good, wow. like, uh, like charismatic smile, for yeah, sure, though. It's true. a good... Swindler. Swindler. And he's kind of credited for almost, like, bringing the Gucci brand into fame. Because, I mean, when his dad died, he was the one, like, 
who kind of took more of a design role in it, and he created the famous Flora scarf for the actress Grace Kelly. Oh, wow. So that's the Flora scarf. If you were going to throw a guess these days, because they still make versions of that, what would you think that that scarf would cost? Like a brand new one? That, well, like, I'm probably going to feel sick after I find out. I'd say like that spe- like, specific one, because it's iconic, is probably going to be like four or five hundred bucks for a scarf. No, it's like, going to be more than, to than, be more than just that? for like a normal one. Like it's going to be more, that's true, bucks. yeah, it might be like more just for like their most basic one. I'm, I'm just going to go, I'm going to say I have no seven, sense. upwards of 750 Jackie's pretty much bang on. So 425 oh. euro, 495 US. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that's 495 US. We're talking Canadian here, so 600. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry I didn't convert the money. Yeah, okay. I overthought the iconic thing, but... A used vintage one from the 70s you can find online, and they still run for about 350 USD, and that's in pristine <clears throat> condition. So they really hold their value over time. I feel oh, like yeah. I would want that over a new one. Oh, I bet you want that scarf. You're gonna look great in that rust. Like, I think it's gonna bring on your eyes. You know I think I do need it. Really I should, I should treat myself. You should I treat really yourself. Should. You've been working hard. I have. But I do always say, like, if you can take good care of them, some of these pieces from designers like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and like mostly Hermes, they're collectors' items, so their resale can actually increase oh, yeah. depending on what it is. Especially something like that, that it's not like a shoe that it's getting worn out. The scarves can stay in such perfect condition and yeah, not really valuing. Sweaty. Or unless, wear, yeah, like a lot of like, neck makeup. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Eating lobsters. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't use it as like a bib. <laughs> like, yeah, then you're okay. And I know it's more popular these days to buy the scarves and tie it onto your onto, bag. Yeah. As like a Rather than like a neck scarf, yeah. Yeah. Although the first brother was the oldest and he was interested in the equestrianism and botany. So that kind of also carried through in their product. He started working at the shop when he was only 16. And then he later received a degree in economics from San Marco College in Florence. So he was really primed for the job. He started right away, knew he was going to step into the role, not as much like Rodolfo. And shortly after the brothers took over the business, Gucci really springboarded into fame when Ingrid Bergman was spotted in a Roberto Rossellini film in Viaggio, carrying a bamboo-handled GG insignia handbag, which is upwards of $3,000 today. Oh, wow. Holy. And they just re-released that bag, actually, for the 100th anniversary of Gucci. Oh, so wow. those are, but they're like kind of in more neon colors. The more traditional ones, I think, look nicer. But that bag became an instant favorite of celebrities and European royalty. And then another one of their famous bags became popular because of Jackie O. So Jackie O loved their hobo handbags. And then in 1999, they did a relaunch of this bag. And last year, they also did another one called the Jackie 1961. And that was their take. This is Jackie O, but they were kind of trying to bring back that history. Yeah. And she loved these bags so much that President JFK actually announced Aldo as the Italian ambassador to fashion in the United States. He described oh. him as the Michelangelo of merchandising. Wow, mm. that's quite the title. Right? <laughs> so how do you, how do you, would you rock that bag? Or like, to Absolutely. me it doesn't. Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. yeah, love it. To me it looks like it's a practical bag. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that was the thing back then is nowadays people have weird shapes and tiny little bags and you can't really put anything in it. But, you know, 50s, 60s, it was still function as well as fashion. I don't think that has ever gone out of style. No, that that style of shoulder bag has always retained some. Like it ebbs and flows (laughs) and how 
popular that is across all brands, but I don't think that's ever been an unfashionable choice, right? And like, I don't know if I'm thinking of it too practical, but it just looks like you can get a lot of crap out of there. And that looks like that. <laughs> you can fit a good snack in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it looks like if somebody was going to take your purse, they'd have a hard time with that one. Yeah. It'd it also like be like pretty, a good like swack you know, and you could really you could, work yeah. off. Yeah. Attacker with it. Yeah. Medium sized watermelon in there. No problem. But just the irony of it being called the hobo bag. Yeah. So this one is a canvas with the leather and so now or not now but the the one that's very popular they're also less expensive the canvas ones so the double G logo would be where this white is and then they'd have the leather on the sides these ones are a lot more expensive they they also being run a leather into like bag. the 2 to 3000 yeah. dollars being pure leather but the attention from the Kennedys was really what initiated their expansion across the U.S. and then into Asia. So one of the brothers, Vasco, he died in 1974, at which time Rodolfo and Aldo divided the business 50-50. But Aldo's sons were pissed about this. <laughs> they thought that Zio Rodolfo had not put enough time into the business because he was all like acting and stuff. And they're like, my dad basically did everything. So why do you deserve it? And Aldo decided to open up a side business called Gucci Shops Inc. Mm. And that was a perfumery and he also made ties and stuff and watches. Okay. They do not sell for as much. I found one of his ties on eBay unless it was a fake, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to verify over eBay. Aldo Gucci ties on yeah. eBay, but it was only selling for $35 US. It's just a regular tie at that point. Basically, yeah. yeah. And he made his son Paolo the vice president and Paolo's the one who's played by uh, Jared Leto. Oh, okay. But this kind of fueled the fire that sent the family into a big litigious war. Paulo tried to launch her business using the Gucci name, and this enraged his dad, Aldo, who sued him and fired him. Wow. Ooh. He meant <laughs> dad, business. Dad wasn't going to take any of this crap, no. for sure. And Paulo was like, no, fuck that. So he reported his dad for tax evasion. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you can't tell me to not use my own last name. Snitches. I'm gonna, Snitches. Bunch of snitches. <laughs> and Aldo actually served a year and a day in prison in New York for evading a $7 million tax bill. Wow. He was 81 when he served his time in New York. Holy cow. <laughs> That's great. And I didn't see, like, what, pr or I didn't really look into what prison he went to, but I just think in New York there's Rikers and Sing Sing, and neither of those are prisons you want to be spending. I'm sure there are prisons. Like probably, like, probably like, went like to the Martha Posh. Stewart kind of prison. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Bill Cosby the prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's free now. Yeah, so maybe let's not go. Let's not go there. Yeah. Cut that out later. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo ended up selling his share to a company called InvestCorp, and they own Tiffany's and a bunch of other things. They were, I think, at the time, kind of based in Saudi Arabia or somewhere in the Middle East, for forty-two point five million dollars. So at the time, that was a pretty significant amount of money. But he later filed for bankruptcy. What he did was, you do with all his money? Swindled it? I don't know. Living lavish. Degenerate gambler. Degenerate gambler, yeah. Maybe we'll see in the movie. Not that I'm Maybe trying we'll to plug out. the movie. I mean, it looks really good, but. It does look good. He was jailed for failing to pay child support, and he faced allegations of animal abuse for starving his prize winning Arabian horses that his girlfriend owned to spite her. It's like, I'm mad at you, so I'm gonna starve your release. But maybe that's where his money went. You know, I don't want to, horses. but I gotta teach horses, you a lesson. Yeah. Definitely. Sounds legit. Sounds legit. So, Rodolfo died in 1983. He was 70. And then his son Maurizio inherited his father's share. 
But Maurizio sold 50% of his share to InvestCorp also. So now InvestCorp owns like a decent amount. But Mauricio decides to sue Zio Adolfo for full control of the label. And this lawsuit was led by Rudy Giuliani. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> We're going full circle okay. on this New York thing. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. And he won. So this is Maurizio. In 1989, he sold 47.8% of the remaining shares to InvestCorp, and he retained 50% of the shareholding. Aldo died in 1990 in Rome of prostate cancer at 84 okay. years old. And I'll kind of circle back to him at the end because there were some like kind of problematic things that came out about him. But mm-hmm. in 1991, the Gucci's finances were in the red because Maurizio's extravagant spending on himself and the Florence headquarters were thought to be to blame. But to be fair, it's like a five-story palazzo over by where the Pitti Palace is on the other side of the, oh. like, you know, kind of where the Piazzale Michelangelo is, but right when you cross the Ponte Vecchio, there's that big palace and like the Boboli Gardens are there. So it's over by that. And they've actually redone that recently and just opened it as a museum. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. And it's got the history, all of the different bags and clothing and things that have been worn in. It's like a full Gucci museum now. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. It's in the Via della Caldai. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Which is, yeah, I, over there. <laughs> <laughs> over there. Somewhere across the ocean. Near the Palazzo Settimani, and it dates back to the 15th century. And in 1993, Maurizio sold his remaining shares for a measly $170 million US. Oh, that's Chum change. It. Yeah. Why bother, right? I <laughs> can get out of bed in the morning, you know? I mean, get out of bed for a little bit. At this time, Maurizio was married to a woman named Patrizia Reggiani. Oh, I see the crazy in those eyes. Yeah, this is... And his, he, he knows he's fucked. He's like, oh, shit. He's loving it. He he's loving it. life. He loves his crazy wife. Kind of looks like he got caught out with an escort or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, no. Don't take my picture. She was from an affluent Italian family. She was a socialite at the time and a high fashion icon. They married in 1973 and had two daughters. People said that she looked like Elizabeth Taylor, but I kind of think she looks a little more like Sophia Loren. Or yeah. Or just like neither. Or I don't. Like I definitely don't see an Elizabeth Taylor in that. I for don't sure. really either. Like, but he said that she did, and that's one of the reasons she caught his eye. Gucci's father vehemently was against their relationship oh, from wow. the very beginning. For any particular reason? I guess he just thought that she was crazy and bad for him, but... It's a good enough reason. Yeah. Yeah. So after Rodolfo died, she said that it changed Maurizio and that he no longer cared for anything or anyone. And in 1985, Maurizio told Patrizia that he was going on a short business trip, except he never came back. He left her for a younger woman. Ooh. Peace. (laughs) Going out for cigarettes. (laughs) Pack of smokes. She was blindsided. Like totally thrown off. And she actually learned from their family doctor that he wasn't coming back. Wow. (laughs) It's a weird way to find out. Yeah. Yeah. So she... Your husband's not coming back, and he gave you her piece. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. He tried to serve her with divorce papers for a while, and she initially refused. I found conflicting dates, but somewhere between 1991 and 1994, they divorced. But she got a healthy alimony settlement of $500,000 a year. 
Wow. So, I mean, it kind of puts Dr. Dre's wife's settlement of $500,000 a month to shame. Yeah. I think that's what she's getting, right? I don't know. No, I feel like it felt like you would have known. I think also, like, Kelly Clarkson was just ordered to pay her now ex-husband $500 a month, too. Five hundred dollars. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> sure. Whatever it takes. Five hundred thousand dollars. That's insane. That person's getting like six million dollars a year. Yeah, just for just for divorcing, <laughs> marrying, right? Well, um, Dr. Dre's wife originally was asking for like two million dollars a month. That's insane. But she mean, wanted like, twenty-four million dollars a year to go away. Just to go away. Yeah. Well, I guess if you like, and they don't big, even have kids. Like yeah. it's, it's just straight up spousal support. If you've been accustomed I, to that lifestyle, I then if it has anything to do with him and the headphones, because I know that took his, you know, like net worth up to. I, I don't. I, he might be a billionaire. Yeah. He so, is. anyways, that yeah, yeah, that's excessive. But <laughs> yeah, so she's getting like mil. a decent amount of money for the '90s for sure. In the '90s, that's it's huge. Yeah, hmm. and she was also diagnosed with a brain tumor. In 1992. It was removed and she was essentially fine after, like health wise, but this is crazy. <laughs> the brain tumor didn't help with that? <laughs> I don't believe uh, it did. Didn't know we're out? Damn. On March 27th, 1995, Maurizio was gunned down by a hitman on the steps of his office as he was arriving at work in Milan. His murder actually remained a mystery for two years until January 1997, when an anonymous caller asked to speak to the head of the Italian police in the Lombardy region. And the call was brief. The person only uttered a few words. He just said, I'm going to say one name, Gucci. And they ended up- <laughs> I'm gonna need Thanks more. The <laughs> just a little bit more. They ended up setting up a meeting and he met up with the head of police, Filippo Nini, and explained that he had overheard a night porter bragging about having been the one to recruit the hitman that killed Gucci. And investigators began looking into the night porter, Ivano Savioni, who at the time was looking for another hitman, but this time it was to threaten her into paying the rest of the money she owed because she only paid a, 15, or a 50% deposit. So they're like, threaten her or kill her if necessary. Wow. Yeah. That's, this is so crazy to think of murder as like a business model. Oh, or yeah. Like just like, that's so crazy, right? Like, I'll, I'll pay you, I'll pay you 50% up front, 50% when you do the job, but I'm not paying you the other 50%. And now this guy that arranged the hitman's like, I gotta get, I gotta hire another hitman hit to go. That's just crazy. Yeah. I'm happy. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I'd be concerned if yeah. you did. I mean, it kind of sounds like you do. Sounds like you know a little I, I do now. too much I do, about I do this. Now. Yeah. Uh, but this is what led the investigators down a, a path that ended up leading to his ex-wife Patrizia Reggiani. So Richard William Condon was the man who, I guess, was the hitman. I was gonna say Sorry, what was that name? Condon? <laughs> Richie, <laughs> Richie Condon? Dick Condon? Condon. <laughs> Dick Willie Condon. Condon. Okay. Like, D-O-N, like the place in Montana. Thank you. So I'm sure he's never got... Well, probably He was a 58-year-old former history professor from the University of Maryland. So it seems like so a, he definitely a, got made fun of for that name. That's bit, a career change. Bit of a odd <laughs> job transition. Good for you. Good for him though. Like, 
He was paid 600 million lire, which at the time was equivalent to $365,000 US. Right. It's like okay. a decent sounds amount. A lot, sounds a lot better. I mean, than I've seen in like <laughs> investigation discovery shows they'll freaking kill people for $5,000, $10,000. Oh, yeah. Right. So like it's pretty, pretty drug, low amounts. Yeah. People like living in the woods. <laughs> like you could like, definitely find somebody you to could do find it for somebody cheaper. to do it. Well, I think that whole like uh, Carol Baskin thing, that amount that was talked about was only like 10 or 20,000 that yeah. that guy was offered to kill her or something. But. So because she was the one who arranged it in 1998, she was convicted and sentenced to 29 years in prison. And she became known as the Black Widow in Italy. Mm. But their daughters parti- er, partitioned it, petitioned to have the sentence overturned, <laughs> claiming that her brain tumor was what affected her personality and judgment. Mm. Smooth move. I can't right, imagine. I, I mean, like, I mean, you gotta go for it. You gotta go game, for the right? medical defense on that one. But. They must have been really mad at their dad because I can't imagine being like, oh yeah, like oh, you... mom hired someone to shoot dad in broad daylight in public. Like you know, it's yeah. gonna be seen. Like people used to wait outside of the Gucci store in Milan to like see him roll up because they were considered kind of like royalty. Oh yeah, to yeah. them back then, right? Yeah, like totally in the spotlight. Yeah. For sure, yeah. So. And if, still defend her. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, family yeah, is family. Yeah. <laughs> I've got mom's side on this. Her sentence was actually reduced by two years. She served 18. She tried to commit suicide by hanging herself with a shoelace, but a guard found her. And she's got some pretty good quotes. During her trial, a voice message left by her was played. And it says, you've reached the extreme limit of making yourself despised by your daughters who no longer want to see you to forget the trauma. You are a deformed outgrowth. You are a painful appendix that all of us want to forget. For you, hell is yet to come. Wow, that's classic right there. A deformed outgrowth. I just want to be very clear and specific on this. This is what you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You deformed outgrowth. That's passion right there (laughs) and when asked why she hired a hitman instead of just shooting him herself she replied my eyesight is not so good i didn't want to (laughs) miss she's not taking any chances she'll spend the money (laughs) she had the money why not (laughs) in 2011 she was offered the possibility of open prison which i think is kind of like a work release like day parole kind of thing but she refused it and said, I've never worked a day in my life. I'm certainly not going to start now. <laughs> They'd probably make her so <laughs> scarf. Fair so enough, or yeah. Handbags or something. Yeah, she's probably going to have to make knockoffs of her own <laughs> brand. <laughs> oh, God. That just makes me want to smack her. <laughs> and yeah, it kind of blew me away. But in 2017, she was awarded an annuity of 900,000 pounds from Gucci's estate. Wow. And they were forced Got to pay her. Off. Yeah, they were forced to pay her back pay for her time in prison too, which equaled sixteen million lire. That's crazy. That like she killed the guy and gets paid by the I company. Can't do the conversion. Yeah, that, but it's probably around a mill. Yeah, for sure. Never take. Her daughters actually appealed to this, so they weren't like fully on her side because they wanted the money. So they didn't want their mom to go to jail, but they also but they didn't also want like, her to get and money. we're gonna take that money. Yeah. And I feel like that's. I mean, they lost. Which I feel like is messed up. It's pretty weird to like not give it to the kids and give it to the woman that literally Just killed the guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so she's still alive. She's out of prison now. I don't know where she's living. I assume it's somewhere in Italy, but Yowza. What a gal. What a gal. What a gem. So That's she's loaded and single, is what wow. you're saying. She actually looks like, you know, Roseanne Barr could play her or something. Like, but. <laughs> yeah. 
for sure. It's not a... I mean, she looks pretty damn good for a mugshot, though. So Not terrible. I also, like, she's not making eye contact with the camera. Yeah. She's like... Right, yeah, looking off to the corner. But it'd be yeah, a, like, a Chris Jenner look, too, actually. Though. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Stuff like... The hair. It's the hair. <laughs> and my favorite part, which like this, I feel like is a really Italian thing, but also I only know this from TV shows. But she won't admit that she went to prison and refers to it at her stay at the Vittori residence. <laughs> I know that in some mob movies and stuff, they'll say that too. They're just they're going away to stay to here. stay somewhere. Like, they're not, yeah, like serving time. They're yeah. staying here. So that uh, wraps up this kind of part of the Gucci family drama. And so Aldo has been accused or alleged to have, like, molested or sexually assaulted some of his young workers and and or his illegitimate, not illegitimate, but he fathered a daughter by a woman he wasn't married to and her friends, I guess. And after she wrote a book about that, she no longer got dis. She used to get discounts and free bags and stuff at the Gucci store, and then she no longer did after that. I mean, if you were molested, allegedly molested, however you want to say it, by someone named Gucci, she just outed him. Oh, she outed him. But like, why would you want to buy that stuff even at a discount if you are the one like reporting such a thing? Like, yeah, like why would you want to give them like thousands of dollars of your own money if you're like? want this guy to get arrested so like maybe go buy louis vuitton instead like (laughs) sale is a sale yeah we don't know what the discount was (laughs) this could have been significant yeah so currently the director of the fashion house is alessandro michel a rome native born in 1994 so just let that wow that makes me feel really really old that someone that young could run this company he also worked for fendi and tom ford and Tom Ford was actually the creative director for Gucci from 1994 to 2004. Oh, Although wow. I read one article that said that he started working for the brand in 1990. So I don't know if this is too much of a sidebar, but I just want to ask you and Jackie, specifically when it comes to Gucci, what is it? what stands out to you most or what about it that you like so much? Compared to Louis Vuitton. I don't know that like Gucci is really Jackie's thing. Yeah, I'm pretty bad with the designers as a whole. Whatever whatever I think of Gucci, I think of that logo, but I also think of that red, green stripe, how they have the belts that were like that, like how they had fabric belts that were like striped like that. They were really not high end, but that's what I think of as like mid 90s Gucci is what is burned in my memory. (laughs) So I'm like on the same page as you. I'm not so much into the GG logo. Like, I don't know, maybe because Chanel and like, I don't know. Kind of a similar look, yeah. I don't know why that red and green stripe just looks so damn good. But yet it doesn't remind me of Christmas when it's Gucci. No. Why is that? Because paired, like, paired with the brown or something. I don't know. I don't what know it what is. it just it it looks it just looks so good. <laughs> it just looks so good. Russ is just obsessed it, with this stripe. It, it, like it, it. My it catches your eye. I don't know what it is. Why? Why is it like that? I don't know. <laughs> it's just fascinating. You're just to- drawn towards the Gucci or something. <laughs> Sarah, what, what about Gucci? Um, is it for you? The espadrilles are the most comfortable shoes I've ever oh, worn. The espadrilles, the yeah, the es- okay. for sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, and I mean, so the bees for me, part of the reason why I got that particular pair of it, so I have the Gucci Gigi canvas logo, but they have gold bees on them. 
And the bees are like a, it's like a traditional kind of symbol that was in noble families yeah, in Italy. Yeah. A bee is kind of, even actually way back to like Egypt and stuff like that, the bee is seen as, it's like a symbol of honor and wealth and they're, they work hard and yeah, they yeah. produce liquid gold. So yeah. like they've always mm. kind of been a, a thing. So in art and in history, the bee is a really big symbol for italians bernini used bees in a lot of his sculptures and That's even a, like at, at ask, saint yeah, okay. peter's cathedral you know the big that altarpiece that's above saint peter's tomb Oh, okay. Um, the thing that almost looks like it's a big bed frame yeah, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. There's right, right. gold bees on that. Oh, I never even so he realized. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I picked that design. I probably would have gone with like the plain black leather. But their shoes are some of the most comfortable shoes yeah. I've ever worn. I forgot I love about the them. bee kind of collection that they had. Yeah. Yeah. And even on like but the it sneakers looks, It looks good. It, yeah, but... it was like it'd be like a little gold bee and it was yeah. just kind of hidden in there. Yeah, it was a nice touch. <laughs> so that stood up mm-hmm. for me just from a nerd put. From an art nerd point of view, rather than <laughs> a fashion. Having that, yeah. having that nerdy tidbit woven in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, these comfy shoes. I'm gonna get my bees on there. And like, then I bought and they myself look awesome. Like, a they were cool belt. Shoes. I, the belt what, is nice. I I will say the GG belt is I don't know, iconic too. I, like it totally stands out. And yeah, it, I don't know why, but the belts don't give me as much as a Chanel vibe as like the bags. Yeah. For some reason. I mean that that scarf is a classic like thing that you think of, but sometimes I see it and I don't actually like associate it with Gucci. When like, I think of scarves, I think more Hermes. I think Hermes. Immediately think of Hermes with the Lynx pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's almost like if I didn't know that that orange floral scarf was Gucci, I would automatically think it's Hermes because of the orange. orange yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. So for me, I mean, I don't own a Gucci bag yet. I have more like I have accessories but I I can appreciate it it's probably I wouldn't say it's my my favorite uh, yeah I'm on the if I was page, gonna purchase yeah. a leather bag I'd be more inclined to get a Prada bag yeah. like in mm-hmm. that price point I would be more inclined to get a Prada bag over a Gucci just because they're normally more patterned even the the leather usually has stitching in they have, it. And yeah, some nice craftsmanship and mm-hmm. features to it. Yeah, yeah. But the Prada bags are a lot more simple. And that Safiana leather that the Prada bags use is so soft. It's lotion. Yeah. So. Do but- you think that um, Gucci being founded in Florence, that that might have something to do why maybe I don't know if it makes their belt stand out, but do you think maybe that their belt is maybe so popular because because that's such a thing in florence yeah the leather belts the leather (laughs) yeah i think part of it is just the g it's just the logo one of the reasons yeah one of the reasons i wanted the belt was because you can wear it down or you can dress it up i have a few nice pairs of pants that it's nice to be able to cinch (laughs) them so that was really that was the draw for me to get that over i I mean, I don't want to say that they seem cheap because they don't seem cheap at all. But when I've viewed and and looked at the Louis Vuitton belts, I just don't. I think that the the Gucci ones seem like they're higher quality leather. And normally the Louis Vuitton ones, they're either they have a pattern on one side of them or so I don't like the more, buckle as much. Not not like rigid, but it just seemed like it's it's more the belt itself is made is quality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I do think even though the one that I have is the larger size logo, it's less gaudy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I was kind of trying not to face. say that word, but yeah, it is. <laughs> and I mean, it is still, it's out there, right? Like, I can't deny that it's like it's, flashy, it's Gucci, right? it's flashy, like, yeah. Like, but, yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely not really into their clothes, but I'm no fashionista. Like, yeah, like, 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 it looks cool, but I'm not going to spend all my money on it. Yeah, like, some of their no. clothes like really are not my yeah thing. They're, but, yeah, but I do really have an appreciation for their accessories. If you are a Gucci fan and happen to be in Florence or visiting Florence, there are two large stores in the heart of the city. One's very close to the Cathedral Santa Maria dei Fiori, so the Duomo. And the other one's a short walk away. It almost seemed like they were kitty corner, but weren't. The first one we went to to find the belt that they didn't have the one that I wanted. The other one, it was not even a five-minute walk. It was Starbucks in yeah, Seattle. Like, oh, it was like, yeah, oh, the, it's Gucci we don't have stores everywhere. here. There's this five-minute walk to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's also a Gucci Garden, which is a restaurant slash museum that has recently paired up with the Michelin star chef Massimo Bottura. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd, That'd be a something. cool thing to do for sure. And actually, when we were there, it was kind of, so when we were buying my belt, I was paying for it. There was a man who was going to surprise his wife at the Gucci garden. So he went to the store, he bought his wife a purse and then asked them, they had, she knew they had reservations, but he asked them to deliver the purse to the table. While they oh were, wow, that's right? class like, act yeah. right there. With like, breadsticks hey, in it. But like, hey, you gotta, be, <laughs> you gotta be pretty, you gotta be doing well. Okay. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's oh, like sure. going there and ball out. Like, oh yeah, that, get them right? to hand deliver the this for you. The bag he bought was yeah. easily $3,000. And he's just like, give me that one. He's yeah. not like, yeah. oh, huh, not hung on. He's like, I don't, I don't care what that He knew exactly what he was going in for. Probably because the wife picked it up. The wife's probably been talking about that bag for a month. Or, you know, they were at the store earlier that day. Who no. knows, right? But I thought that that was pretty cool. So before Don't we get your hopes things- up, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you still have your bag from Florence. That's like your staple bag. It's not designer, but it's Florence It's not designer, but that like, I've got, yeah, I've got two bags from Florence. Well, no, like one was actually from Florence. One was from Venice. Venice. You know, just. The blue one, though, is that, the, that the, My blue, like. Right? It's got the yeah. fleur de lis on Yeah, it. it does, yeah. And it's that, um. I bought it like just enough years ago that it was when that iconic blue was coming in across so many fashion brands at the same time. And he said, he's like, you really want the blue one? Like how often are you going to wear the blue one? And then we came back to North America. That spring was just blue, blue, blue. Everyone had that like royal blue. And I was like, I told you about the blue. I knew the blue was was coming in. I knew the blue was coming in. Russ is still upset he didn't get it. Did you get it at one of the leather markets or did you get it at an actual store? No, just one of those weird stores. It, I think it was like right outside the promo that it's we got like it actually. Like, market, yeah. Right? Well, like the marketplace? Was it outdoors? It was like it a store, store. It was a store. Like yeah, they locked like, it yeah. up at night. Hmm. Okay. I thought, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. Yeah. I had it had windows. Big, it did have windows, yeah. The big black leather hobo bag that I used to have. Yeah. It had the jingly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That one I bought at the, the leather market that was like the yeah. outdoor flea market. It was a great bag. I used to nice. use it as my bag for my university textbook. So that really held up if I could hold my yeah, the textbooks. Yeah. Textbook. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I the marketplace I'm thinking of is kind of where you can rub the boar's snout for good luck. <laughs> and just the fact that they had these leather belts for like five euro, I'm like, oh, I got to get me one of those. Oh, I'm yeah, like, that's exactly. such a good deal. Like, I don't. But I I never got one, and He's so I'll just ha- I'll have to go still back. So you're just gonna have to go back to Italy. Yeah, so I'm still rocking that 
old leather belt that I was hoping to replace. No. I feel but, like there was something else we were seeking out leather. Maybe we were looking for a belt for you or something like that, but... One of those... Uh, Whip? One of those suits. <laughs> a full know. suit? Full leather, leather suit? Yeah. You want to be a leather daddy? Like a... Assless yeah. chaps. With the hood like and everything. Like a gimp suit? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say right now? Oh my lord. But, any, let's move on from that topic. Okay, oh my God. So, so before we wrap things up, I thought we could just kind of talk about this. We've kind of gotten into it now. We've dipped our toes into Gimps. Florence. <laughs> into pink. Toes aren't all we're dipping. Yeah, okay, that's enough. That is too far, too far. Do you have a rose and a thorn? Like uh, the, the best thing and the worst thing. The best thing and the worst thing. Or at least on your trip, even if it wasn't about the place. Is there maybe an ex- like, place. did you have a really good experience and a bad experience? I honestly, I don't think we had a bad experience in Florence. We loved it. We, I mean, just, we, I think we went up to the Piazza Michelangelo twice. We're just easy to please. We're just easy to please. You yeah. just hand us a yeah. gelato in one hand and a drink in the other hand, and we were just happy as clams to literally like beverage? one. We're just yeah. alcoholics. Just, you're just alcoholics. Just, yeah. yeah. Carbs, alcohol, gelato. We buy that happy. two <laughs> bottles of wine at the plaza at the plaza to watch the sunset and, and the, the f- guy asked how many cups we wanted because i wanted sparkling wine he wanted red wine and we're like oh yeah two cups and the guy looked at us with such disdain of uh you're buying two bottles and there's only two of you drinking it and we're like yeah excuse like, me sir you don't know how long yeah. i'm gonna be like, here we sat there for hours we watched the sunset it was like so 45 minutes it was probably 45 minutes yeah we, we finished that bottle <laughs> finished that bottle stumbled back down the steep hill threw it at the vendor and we did mold. not throw it at the vendor although i did get a <laughs> round of applause popping the cork from my bottle from the people because i was like well this bottle looks a little bit warm the cork's gonna fly and hit someone and it was so it was so loud when i popped it um and then it was yeah everyone was like ah! <laughs> that was your best moment. That was my like best. That was my best strangers moment. Strangers, strangers, right strangers, strangers clapped at my bottle opening skills. Yeah. But. And the worst moment was walking up there. You know the what the, the worst moment was? Is it I'm was in Florence there. when I realized that I cannot carry my camera around for multiple days straight because I actually my back was so sore that I could barely walk by like day three because I just slung my <laughs> SLR camera around my shoulder the whole time and you're not even carrying it directly on your back. You're carrying it across, right? And yeah. that was the trip that i realized i can't actually bring this anymore i my back is in such bad shape from it but did you at least get some photos to remember oh, yeah, yeah i got tons, okay. tons of photos, so, so. <laughs> so maybe not worth the price but at least you got something yeah. out of it oh yeah okay. i threw my back out but i threw my back out i mean i brought I, I dragged that camera through so many trips but like i, I said drink i drank <laughs> I drank, that I, drank my, I drank my weight in yeah yeah there's no low points of florence for sure so what about you, Clark? Do you have a favorite thing that you favorite guys thing, did or ate it, or Italy. anything? Italy. <laughs> That's Clark's favorite. I was Clark finally got to go to Italy in Florence. Um, I didn't know there was one in Florence. Yeah, it's oh. like right behind the Duomo. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we walked right there. by it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think just uh, the sunset and uh, walking around and eating and drinking and so on it's your, the wandering on, on your guys's walk you stopped and got a couple bottles of wine mm-hmm. did you stop and get anything to eat you no, just got the no, gelatos just, or yeah it was like the well, we did like the gelatos and the like way, stuff during yeah. the day and then got the wine up there from there's like a guy in a truck at the piazza michelangelo 
that like sells oh, wine and stuff you. like that. He sells wine and he sells like he knows what's bottles up. of water and stuff like that too. But like he knows people are water. coming up there to watch the sunset. You sit and stay on the steps there and watch the whole sunset go down over the city. So that's like the thing to do, right? So so that was grumpy as fuck. I was. I don't. I guess I wasn't I'm expecting it. it to be such a trek. It's like, like a it's a, a it was a big hill. Yeah, there. it was a big hill. Yeah. There's a lot of people too. It's like busy. A lot of people. Like, I got us a pizza, two Aperol spritzes to go, so we get out there. I mean, to be fair, we got up there. The pizza wasn't cut, so then we have like an. Why don't they cut the pizza? <laughs> oh, they don't cut the pizza. No, yeah. But even pizza. to go pizza, they should cut. The, it. If it, yeah, if you're yeah, taking it away, on. they should cut it for you. But no, we ate dinner at like, like I don't know, like nine forty-five at night. Uh, once steaks. we walked all the way back down after sunset, right? I had, the I had my Florentine steak, steak. that night yeah. after my like probably two bottles of wine, but. So this is. How do you guys feel about all of the artists trying to sell their paintings or the people trying to sell their all little the trinkets? And and like, I, just so I feel almost bad. Like some of the some of the art ones look like really good, but then it's what yeah. the fuck am I gonna do with this? <laughs> you know, like I'm sorry. Frame it and put it up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do like, I really if need that? If there's some like kind of cool art, sometimes I can be swayed, but then there's other people that. You know, it's just. It seems like the, this is just something you mass shit, reproduce. Right? Selfie like, sticks. But, yeah, it's a selfie yeah, stick, the guys. Selfie it's something stick that drives me yeah, crazy. No, yeah. But, but the guy I didn't really find it really a problem in. It didn't bother Italy, me, but I just. But, just was curious as to It's a you. funny thing. Well, you, you see it, you know, you downtown Vancouver, it? and you see it in other places True, too. Other, right. They were more like people just doing weird art on the side of the street in Italy, whereas Paris is like the people selling the crap. Like so, even like, like Rome, Rome was more like selfie Rome was a little bit more the selfie sticks and stuff like that. And yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the little spinny ball things for sure. Those oh, are those annoying. The, like yeah. the things also that they go splat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. and the You're gladiators really to <laughs> take your picture with the gladiator guys. Yeah, yeah for like sure. The Las Vegas Strip kind of. <laughs> what was your rose, Russ? We had a lot of good moments. It's, I think, maybe if I don't overthink it, I just say our trip to the Duomo and going up to the dome. Just kind of learning the history about it and learning that I think it was for like 600 years that that might be over exaggeration, but for a long time the church didn't have a, a roof over yeah, the. It's that unfinished. <clears throat> yeah. And that Bernini, right? No, Brunelleschi. Brunelleschi. Yeah. So sorry. close. Sorry. I know. I feel bad <laughs> for messing that up, but, but just how he went about it and was like i know how to do this pay me and i like prove it and he's like just cracked the egg on the table and was like that's how i'm gonna do it so <laughs> i don't know i have an appreciation for that but i mean our hotel was really nice and the fact that they knew we, that we were on our honeymoon we were already gonna stay in a suite but i think they upgraded us to a nicer suite yeah and the fact that we were right there on the ponte vecchio is great so we stayed um, at, just a quick interjection if you're planning a trip to Florence, we stayed at, it's called the Hotel Continental. It's a, one of the Lungarno collections, so they have three there. There's the JK, which is, that's like my number one hotel that I would love to be able to afford to stay yeah. there. <laughs> it was like $1,600 a night for a basic like, room when I was... insane. Yeah. It's on the other side of the river, but it just it looks absolutely amazing. So we stayed at the one that's kind of the middle, and then the Hotel Gallery Art is actually where I stayed the first time I went, and that's 
kind of just right across the alley. It's just not right on the river. And we were there in the winter, so the rooftop bar wasn't open, but they have a really mm. nice rooftop bar. You can go there even if you're not staying at the hotel. Oh, cool. And you're just right up on top of the Ponte Vecchio. So, I mean, it's a great location, and it's nice. beautiful, and the people watching is nice. So they upgraded us to a corner suite overlooking the river. Wow, like so you, cool. you would look so out nice. your window, and it would be like you're on the... It would almost seem like you're on the edge of the oh, river. Yeah, like, yeah. there's only a I mean, a there's no... Like and, that... The buildings on that bridge are a straight yeah. drop to the side of the bridge. So it's not like you overlook another mm. overhang, right? So Much better um, than the Best Western with the, the homeless the, people the, by the train station. The, the Hojo. <laughs> the Italian version of a Best Western. Yeah. Hey, they had a good breakfast. So uh, that wasn't they, the place. That wasn't the place that had a good oh, breakfast? No. Oh, no. Clark was, very, oh. Clark was very excited that you could get wine at 8 o'clock in the morning before you headed out. So. At that least that train station, though, there's not a lot of it wasn't transients a, no. yeah. hanging out there. Like, it's not like it Termini wasn't. Station in Rome where yeah. it's kind of... I mean, when like we went in and out of there, it was, Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't such a big station that you're, like, concerned about being near it. Like, everything or, was yeah. pretty central anyway, so... One thing I do wish we had done, and I think it's called the Biblioteca. I think it's, like, the library across the street from the Duomo um, but you, it has like a little bar and you can go and have a drink and then you overlook the dome Ooh. that I wanted to do that but mm-hmm. we just never got around Ooh. to it so have to add it was that kind to of a cool yeah. little it's thing it's that not I had seen in the winter yeah. Yeah. a lot of things aren't in Florence because it's more of that it's small a summer town destination yeah. yeah I you know looking back on it now I had a lot of great experiences in Florence going back to the Duomo and how we climbed up to the top and then kind of just having a view of the whole region kind of and then just seeing the sun coming up and seeing that layer of fog just kind of disappear as 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 the sun was rising um wow you guys get up early you got up early early. that's a me thing though so when i do stuff like that normally i like to go first thing in the morning especially if it's the top of a church or the top of and i'm a big i like like the nap in the middle of the day I do so like the I like nap. to get yeah. up, do stuff, whatever, eat lunch, go back, have a nap, and then, and then go back do, in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah, and sure. just kind of, you know, wander, wander yeah. around. That's my favorite thing about Italy specifically, but most of Europe is that we don't have a plan. We just show up and we just wander the streets aimlessly, <laughs> and then hope you find your way back. But I plan one thing, one maybe thing a day, a maybe day. like yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for me, because I'm like, I need to go to this museum and I need to see yeah. this. So if you get there early, generally there's less people, or the people that the are tours there haven't are started, and, or yeah. it's only the tours, so you kind of yeah. get there before the people are there with their iPads trying to take pictures yeah. of the greats. Yeah. Yeah, or I find usually usually after lunch. So if you go anywhere between 12, 12 31 o'clock, it usually seems like that's when the families with all the kids seem to show up. Wow, yeah, I had a lot of good, a lot of good times there. The Uffizi Gallery, and seeing the Statue of David. I think looking back that at, looking back at that now, that kind of stands out a little bit more, just because it's so impressive and it's something I've heard about my whole life and just the whole story of David and Goliath. So I also found it interesting to learn about the art. Did you Goliath. guys go to any of the galleries when you were there? No, and I think David was not there when we went. I thought that it was like on lease somewhere, I remember. Oh, I didn't even know that they well, did that. Did that anymore? I, I would have been choked. I might have been mistaken. They have we didn't. sensors on him too, so that if there's ever an earthquake, it emits like a... Pulse or Yeah, vibration. like an electric to protect pulse it? or something. Yeah, to protect wow, the structural integrity of it. Wow, that's impressive. Do you have a I thorn? Mean, my thorn 
I've been, I've been, I've, I think I've been going back between two. You've mentioned that I was kind of grumpy on our walk. That really wasn't so much a thorn. I just think I was in a bit of a mood. It makes for a great story. I'm not really sure it's as much of a thorn when that Italian guy and his oh, that was kids gonna be were, mine. <laughs> were trying to like cut us in line and then just play dumb or whatever. Oh, just because, yeah. you know, we weren't you and know, then Italian. And I came out you don't full like, like, they, they, like, they didn't know who they like, cut no, off. that's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're standing in line waiting to buy tickets for the next day, the following mm, okay. day at the... Yeah, the it's getting close gallery. towards the end of the day that if, if we got our tickets and got in, we'd have to blow through everything to like yeah, see everything we wanted. We spent four or five hours in that gallery that's a full yeah day. yeah that, yeah it is a full day i think that's yeah. why we didn't really do it because we only had like two full days yeah so, there's a lot of art that you can kind of bypass in there but if you don't really know the where to go and okay. what you like like what ages of yeah, art yeah. You, what period of art you care You're really about interested and don't in care yeah. about, then you can really end up wasting a lot of time in some areas that are not, yeah yeah in yeah. my opinion not worth seeing but again i it's art subjective. depends on what you're interested yeah. in. Yeah. This guy who <laughs> smoking a cigarette and his two old teen or a young adult sons. We're standing with a distance between us and the people in front of them, but I'm not like trying to breathe on the lady's neck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this family just cuts right in front of us and squeeze I was like squeeze in. Like just squeezes in. Just in between us and the people. Like I can feel them. They oh. touch my body when they <laughs> Yeah. I said, bro, get your leather jacket out my face. <laughs> I'm like smoking right, and I know again it's Europe, people smoke more there, but, but yeah. Gross. So I'm like, excuse me, the line is back there. And he's like, yeah, I know, I'm in line. You're and like, I'm like, no, no, no. yeah, so are us and all these other people behind us get in the back of no, the line. Yeah, he says, this is the line. You're like, like yes, he I, cuts I'm us aware. in line yeah. and says, oh, yeah, this is the line. And I was like, no, you're going to the back of the line. We've all been waiting. Get to the back of the line. And then he just turns and doesn't say anything. And I look at Russ. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so then. So I was like, so that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So that's Explosion. what we're going to do right now. So I just go and I elbow my way in in front of them. And I stand there You're like, like that's the next person's whip problem. With my hair now. back. Yeah. No, sorry. And then the couple in front of us was an older Italian couple from actually a, a village very close to where my family is from. Because now you're going to strike a conversation well, with them, Well, they obviously. turned around and they're like, good for you. People yeah. really try and take advantage of, of tourists and yeah. stuff here. Like, uh, they could even be from here. They could come here all could, the time. They're just and like... And they just don't care. They're just being rude. And I was like, I was so so mad and i'm like thank you thank you for saying that this was okay yeah so like, i remember her english was pretty good and her husband was just like yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this is great like, uh, let's see some people fight <laughs> this angry it's like North angry American. North American. she's gonna get what she wants damn angry americans always pushing around and thinking sure. they own the place so like it makes we have been in line for like a long time yeah. too yeah just then, to buy tickets it's not the you it's not like we had our times and we're trying to cut in front of him to get inside the museum yeah i just want to be able to come back tomorrow yeah and, and then i was like he, they didn't get let in i was like because they closed the door behind fantastic us. yeah so that was almost like a rose and a thorn. Yeah. <laughs> was, was that for us to buy our tickets or to get in no to buy the ticket maybe we bought our tickets we and bought left our tickets and they went there and left. Way. yeah but right, there was right, only right. 10 tickets left or whatever oh there was almost gosh. nothing left we got yeah. the last you two really like, did i'll take 10 tickets off, please <laughs> and then go sell them outside <laughs> to everybody but their family he's gonna do yeah, yeah. 
so it, it does make for a good story and it's not the experience was really bad it was just like a piss off moment who's this guy thinking it was really the only thing that kind of sucked like it triggered that. you oh yeah but i think more of a thorn for me was the da, 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 wheeling my luggage across all the cobblestone, cobblestone to get from our train station the train station to our hotel and it doesn't look like it's far and I know that you told me ahead of time that we're we're just gonna you know Do go it, on and foot it's gonna suck. because a cab ride is ridiculous the way you have to go around. It's and like, so it's actually so much farther. Yeah, well, there's a lot of one way streets. Yeah. So to get to our hotel, we actually would have had to cross the river and then like and then get onto the highway yeah. <laughs> and then come back. So oh, like, yeah. would you say more or less bite the bullet? walk on the cobblestone my luggage has the it has the four wheels and like, the, like it's not super sturdy wheels. like it's not yeah, the tilting it's, luggage yeah, it's, it's the hold up yeah. and you know what i mean it's bouncing and, and around like everywhere. we're on a trip for it was 18 or 19 days so like we got luggage and i don't think that we i think you i had guys, a duffel bag you guys i think we always had like we always did, we did like carry bags we didn't do rolling luggage on our trip i don't think because i think we had one your i might have had one rolling thing and i had a duffel bag and you had a duffel bag yeah but then there's other trips where we've done no suitcases and only duffel bags because it's warm enough weather that so yeah when you guys go in winter like you have to pack more stuff because you're coats and like warm clothes but everybody was everyone else was and we're just hauling and there's like almost no sidewalk so it's like do i just walk in the street because the sidewalk sidewalk is like a half a foot not even like a single person wide it's a half a person wide so would you would you say that the cab ride give or take would have been around 50 euro it would have been more than 50 euro to get to our hotel which on a map looked so close it it is close because you just gotta zigzag down a couple streets if you're walking i'm just i'm I'm just i'm just thinking of people that are trying to travel on a budget if you want to traveling on a budget you're probably not staying where we're but if you're somebody that's like staying at the train station (laughs) by the hobo it's like us our hotel review i'm trying to think of like my parents you know who've like never been to italy but they'd say they they would probably be like well the hotel's only right there well you know they would be miserable trying to get their luggage across that yeah i agree so like with just that. pay the pay for the okay just I, be warned be i warned. mean yeah okay. i again i wouldn't but also i'm still young enough that i could carry my luggage over some of the bigger bumps we took a car from the hotel to the train station because yeah it, it yeah. was Direct, the right yeah. way it's going the right direction yeah. yeah and it still cost us 25 euro it was still like a 30 yeah. okay yeah 30 yeah. plus so dollar cab ride so the other way to go really yeah. like four blocks yeah easily double it right yeah so it's the other way i absolutely <laughs> think it was worth it but i mean yeah we were staying at a nice hotel in a premium location i think if you're really trying to I guess like, it's just something that on a would... budget. You're probably not staying at that hotel. Roll and it was up. our honeymoon, so it's not Honestly, like... our place was still, like, nice. Roll like... up to the lobby all sweaty after lugging the luggage 15 no doubt. minutes yeah, and down the street. No doubt. Yeah, in the luxury hotel, right? water, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's got AC in here? <laughs> Damn. It was cold. It was uh, minus sir, it's two winter. <laughs> oh, very yeah. cold out. Um, we were sweating when we... <laughs> I don't know if it maybe is so much as a thorn, but just how how that experience can catch you so off guard. Yeah. I I could see how that would ruin it for somebody like my parents or somebody that. If I hadn't already been there though, I may not have thought the same thing. I knew exactly where the hotel was. I knew how far the walk was. 
the hotel I stayed at the last time I was there was a diagonal shot across the alley. And, and maybe because I was a little too confident in myself, and I'm just like, yeah, quick walk. Cobblestone, yeah. like luggage, like whatever. Yeah. But like but my mom I and I, you don't realize how uh, intense that cobblestone is. <laughs> well, my mom and I did the car ride the first time, and I felt like I was in the car forever. Like what a waste of time this was. Yeah. And it was, you know, like at least a sixty euro car mm. ride. Yeah. So you're just spending almost hundred dollars. I'd way rather in the street and use that on dinner or a couple nice bottles yeah. of wine. But your mom's not the lugging luggage down the street type either. So. No, we lugged our luggage. In Amsterdam, I was so grumpy she about that. She's a that. good traveler. Because yeah. <laughs> she was Bill's in Amsterdam, character. our quote was two hundred euro to get from Central Station. So you got to go in a cr- you got and all the way around the city. Stop. We yeah. could see stop. the hotel. That's the funniest thing about Amsterdam is you literally have to go around like the back of the city and back up from That's the train wild. station. You can actually see that building, but the cars can't cross that little bridge that's yeah. only like bikes and pedestrians and like, yeah that's a funny one because the whole city's like centric it's not a grid system right so so we only had we had to cross that little pedestrian yeah. bridge <laughs> and then walk down like two canals over yeah and it was like right there yeah. on the corner but i was so great i was you about it because it was my first time i had ever had to do that and so luggage flips over and I'm just like Bleh. my mom's like okay let's get you a joint and some fruits you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll perk back you'll up cheer right. up. we'll, we'll fix the situation no problem <laughs> I think on our honeymoon my rose was probably our cooking class oh, we did a yeah, private that cooking class, class. Fun. that looked was. really fun yeah that was awesome that was i think it was really fairly priced looking back on it it was really just us and the chef we got to go to the local markets and shop how he was how he would if he was gonna oh wow that's really cool that you got to go to the store with him we met at the market like we did the produce whatever got some of our meat and then we went up to this little counter and he's like so i used to come here every day after, after school, school. Oh. and this is what I used to get. So he got polenta fries and a few other Cute. things for us to taste and try yeah. before we walked back to his studio where and, his kitchen was. And so when, when we first met up met up with him, you know, we met him at the market. I don't know, for whatever reason I asked, are you, were you born in Florence or were you from somewhere else in Italy and moved here? And he said, you see that? on top of the hill there he said there used to be a hospital there and that's where i was born Hmm. so i'm like you have this chef telling me that you're born on that hill up there and you get your ingredients from this marketplace here knew everyone of course not everyone in the in the marketplace i'll link him also in the show notes and on my instagram because he really he was amazing his name is john lucas we had so much fun and i mean he had a big prosciutto curing hanging on hooks and it it just was so authentic we made pasta and tiramisu and so we got to we got to learn a lot Mm -hmm. and i know that that was more important for you you got to learn some actual cooking techniques where for me it was more the basics learning how to make (laughs) your own pasta dough and roll out oh i I tried liver in the dish that we had and i ate what was it like couscous what was the salad salad. we had orange and we had the tiramisu and it was so good i couldn't believe that we made it but then we left this place so full we felt sick we had to go to sleep and we had so much food left over it looked like we didn't even eat anything yeah oh yeah and then it was just this it was almost like a two, three birds with one stone. We got to like go to the market, 
got to learn how to cook and prepare the food. And then and like, as the food started so getting ready, food. he served us, kept the wine flowing. Fantastic. And then yeah, it was cool. He had this big commercial kitchen. Like, I bone the chicken. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And, like, I guess like them. as much as you're willing to do, he's going to let you do, right? Yeah. Well, he was just like, are you comfortable? Do- What's your skill level? Are you comfortable yeah. doing this? And I'm like, I'll like, try anything that you throw at me. It just, I might need a little assistance well, with the technique. Well, who's going to ever help you with that without you just totally maiming a chicken the first time you try to debone yeah. one, right? So better to have someone literally hands-on walk you through it. You're never going to have that kind of experience to learn how to debone a chicken. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Unless I ask my mom. But Bless it's you always hard to learn from yeah. somebody you know. Yeah, because they're snarky to you. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. yeah, so that was probably my rose. I think the other one was just having... So there's a painting at the Uffizi Gallery that I absolutely really love. Want, yeah. You guys might remember the postcard of it that we used to have on our fridge. The yeah. Judith beheading Holofernes. It's called Judith and Holofernes, but it's a woman beheading a man and there's blood spraying everywhere. I've got old <laughs> maid. Yeah. Kind of... Strange that's your favorite, but... Are <laughs> <laughs> you worried? Yeah. <laughs> But nobody, because it's kind of at the end of the museum and everybody's like so into all the Botticellis and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're all standing over by the Botticellis with their iPads. And by the time they get to the end of the museum, the people are kind of done and they just rush their way out. So there's an amazing Titian there, the Venus of Urbino and this Judith of Holofernes. And one of the reasons why I love it is it's by a painter I'll definitely have to do an episode about because she's a badass bitch. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's a female painter. Yeah, and her yeah. name is Artemisia Gentileschi, and she actually painted under a male's name for a while because it was just so kind of against the grain for yeah. a woman to be doing this. And then, well, even to get just, credit at how, all. How badass is that? Is being so confident in your ability that you're like, I'm gonna make this great painting, put it under a false name, people are gonna praise it. And then they find then out, what? Me. It was okay. a woman? Yeah. What? Well, I, I mean, love that. That's that such a just thing through. that had to happen. It's like, if it went under a woman's name, they didn't take it seriously, they wouldn't even look at it. Just yeah. like, there's so many writers that they, went under they, they aliases they and stuff, They would have right? said it was terrible. This is wrong like, with this it. Is that's... Like, you're, you're a witch painting or all this like, blood. Yeah, or it's, like, <laughs> it's blasphemy, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still blasphemy in painting and not writing, but you know what I mean. It's like, this is not... That's not yeah. right. That's not. Yeah. You, yeah. That's not what women yeah. should be doing. Or, exactly. Or probably like clearly you could tell this artist wasn't technically trained or yeah. like, you know <laughs> yeah. like some BS. Breaking it down. Right? And it's a popular subject in the Baroque era. The, the story. The story yeah. of Judith and Holofernes. Mm. Caravaggio, who's one of my favorite painters ever, he also does has a Judith and Holofernes and okay. by far Artemisia Gentileschi's is so much better and he's like <laughs> the king of darkness like he murdered people and painted <laughs> it's just you just looking at it it just strikes you different not to say that Caravaggio's is bad because you know from a technical standpoint it's executed like I don't want to say perfectly but I feel like when I look at Caravaggio's work for me as like somebody that doesn't really know art to me it looks perfect to me that's as he is as close as a painting gets to a picture oh okay as when i look at his work and but gentileski's is just it takes the cake yeah Yeah. it takes the cake that was definitely a thing for me if you're gonna tell somebody to do one thing when they go to florence what would it be just eat until you can't eat 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 anymore. anymore yeah that was that oh, your favorite place when you guys were in Italy? Was Florence your favorite for food? 
And if so, what was your favorite dish? If you if you can narrow I, it down. I don't even remember where it was, but there was some weird back alley place, and I don't even think it was in Florence. I think it was somewhere else that we found some weird alley and we had a really good pizza and i don't think it was for i think it might have been in rome i think it was in the there was some was like, like weird jewish back alley of like focaccia sandwiches the jewish ghetto yeah there's also a jewish oh, ghetto wow. um okay. in rome nice. um I, I would love to see that see, go there one day we just went down that street and we're like oh this is where it is but in florence yeah i can't i did i mean we ate well and constantly so <laughs> It's just so beautiful. Always take like, a, you don't really even need to do anything there. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, always take a gelato break in the middle of the day. You have to take your gelato, your walking gelato. So is, is that what your we pro tip? Did. Is that your pro, pro tip? Have a, tip? Have a walking gelato. They were there, and you guys were there in the summer, though, right? Yeah. yeah oh, it's so hot. You yeah, had to have, I think, we, I think we had, like, a morning gelato. You'd and then you like drinking your gelato. You pretty much. Like, you, like, Soup. left in the morning. You got it on, like, your walk. You had lunch. Then you got like, another one before dinner. And, yeah, you'd maybe get you got one chocolatey one, and then you got, like, a fruity one. <laughs> <laughs> like, you mix it up. But. So, so, I have a question for Clark. So, how did you feel for breakfast being in Italy? The name escapes me right now, but it's basically like the breakfast pizza that had, doesn't have cheese. Oh, Did you know I that? don't remember yeah. that at all. Because we I know always it was had like pretty like popular. You could get like, like a square. Eggs on it or something? No, it was just bread and, and, and sauce. sauce. Like focaccia and, and sauce. I, I was about it. I do not remember seeing this. We always, like, luckily we did always have breakfast at the hotel. I wish this was a normal breakfast back home. The breakfast at the hotel was always just, like, a ton of meat. Yeah, like sliced meat. panini every morning. Yeah, Mm. and, like, a bunch of bread. Mm. Some wine. And wine. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of them had wine, but some of them had wine at breakfast. But, yeah, it was always just, like, a ton, like, a bunch of pastries, a bunch of different breads, and a bunch of meat. And it was just out. pastries for breakfast. It was great. Like Like an Italian continental. It's exactly what it was, yeah. There was no, like, cereal and... Muffins and crap that you get here. Cured, it was like here. It was like home. delicious meat, super fresh Jeez. baked bread and like pastries bread. and like yeah, and like a little espresso. Mm-hmm. You're good to go. Good to get your day going. Mine is obviously the PSL Michelangelo, as you know, because that, yeah, that was the first thing, thing I told you told me you to go to. to. I, I do I'm, always tell people to do that. Like but. I that good. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because that's. Uh, it's an experience like I really didn't you know like you told me we were going there but it's not like I really knew what to expect it's I mean, my favorite spot in the world that I've ever been well but like, sitting up bold. there it's my absolute it's kind of it's magical like, spot it's pretty be. magical to watch it's, the sun especially if it's yeah. not super crowded I could see how that is just like a magical place and that's I, I don't I you get to a think full of, view of Florence. You can see all of the churches and everything, everything. turning orange. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. Luckily, we got there at a good time that there was room on the steps. And then as the sun is already starting to go down, there's so many people that show up. And so everyone has to stand around. And we're like, nope, we're direct middle of the steps. Perfect spot to just sit and watch. Hope and, you don't have to go to the bathroom. And hold it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, better not drink your wine too fast, your entire bottle of wine. That that sounds like advice I I need. I think for me too, something really special about being in Florence, again, from that kind of art nerd side, is just thinking about how many, you know, masters of art came from there. So on the Mm -hmm. roads that you're walking, thinking like even, not even just masters of art, but like Galileo, just thinking about 
these people Who have walked these streets. Possibly yeah. tracing one of their footsteps, even though it might not be the same road, but they could have you know, walked along. It's just like oh, yeah. kind of right. that about it for me is like every part of it is like you're experiencing a part of history in yeah. a way, and it does have that more medieval vibe to it. And it's just, it's very yeah. different. Yeah. So I was almost going to mention when you said, like, what's your rose and your thorn is that I've never, other than Florence, I've never been in a place where it felt, I got fairy tale vibes because it just the, I guess, architecture and the way the buildings are made. But it really feels like you are back in history, but not just, it's like a functioning, living city. It's almost like, yeah. and you're walking on foot. And so it almost oh, yeah. seems like how it, it would have been yeah as like north then. americans it's so hard to wrap your head around how being or so this old. stuff is that's, that's still in existence there that that's this probably like not something these buildings myself the buildings that are like hotels now are older than most of the buildings in canada not all of them like yes. they're older than canada and it's like then okay. this is just a regular hotel there's it's nothing just, special or historical about this building and it's like still it's standing it's still there palace. like it's that's, yeah, that's mind-blowing. Like, yeah, just it's insane to think about how old this stuff really is. So stop complaining about the cobblestones. <laughs> it's the best the they cobblestones can do. are a small price to pay for what the city has to offer. Those cobblestones okay. have been there for hundreds I'll of years. I'll get off my soapbox about the cobblestones. They are a feature of Florence. And then one thing to keep in mind too, if you are visiting Florence, something that we came up against that did kind of suck being there in the winter, and I know I mentioned this in the Milan episode also, is that something's closed down. So there were a few restaurants that I wanted to go to that they weren't open because they were closed for the holidays. Sometimes that happens in the summer also, people take summer vacation. Mm -hmm. Because Florence is, even though it's still you know a tourist destination, it is still a smaller city. It's not like Rome or Milan where it's kind yeah. of more metropolitan that is something to keep in mind that we did that kind of was unfortunate I think for us but other than that anything else on Florence guys if you're fortunate enough to get the chance to go rub the boar's nose for some good luck <laughs> Watch the maybe sunset. look up John Luca if you want a cool <laughs> cooking and eating experience and definitely the sunset yeah all right well thank you guys so much for doing this with me i really appreciate it thanks for yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> and thanks guys okay cheers thanks cheers. for the vino there's a wine it's nice it tastes like a wine <laughs> yeah i think it's made from grapes oh Ooh, innovative